This is our show. This is our show, all right? Welcome to the Unofficial Review, the podcast for Cowboys fans by Cowboys fans, with your hosts, Matt Clare and Jared Evans. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Unofficial Review. I'm your co-host, Jared Evans, and with me, as always, is Matt Clare. Matt, it's never fun to, to talk about a loss, but... You know, we, we said we'd do this new format and uh, have two episodes a week. And one of those episodes is we recap the you know, the previous game. So that's what we're going to do this week. We're going to recap this loss to the to the Rams and try to figure out what went right and, and what went wrong. Because a lot did go wrong in this loss. Um, I think, you know, it's a home loss to to the Rams. And, and you look at that as a lost opportunity on a winnable game, especially the way the game played out. And Matt, when we talked last week, I mean, we 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 both predicted wrong. We both predicted a Cowboys win, and I think we both predicted a Cowboys win by two scores. So we were wrong about that. But we did mention some things that came to fruition, such as you know, if you give Jared Goff time, he's going to pick you apart. We would miss Sean Lee, and we definitely did see those things. So Matt, we'll just kind of jump right into it. Let's kind of, I guess, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, I'll just kind of let you go first and pick a couple things that you thought maybe went well for us this week. Well, I mean, I think, like we said, that, you know, it's kind of obvious when the team plays at home, they're going to have a little bit a little bit better, excuse me, I can't talk, a little bit better rhythm uh, running the ball. And we saw that in the first half. So it was really a tale of two halves. I mean, because you saw uh, just some momentum change there at the end of the first half. And after that, it, it just seemed that outside of maybe a few plays, the offense was just doing a whole bunch of nothing in the second half. So that, from maybe even a play-calling standpoint, concerned me because, like we talked about, it's a very, very talented defensive line. And I think you saw that wear over the game as well. But I also think, you know, as you continue to knock your head against the wall with, you know, I think, what, four or five, uh, you know, three and outs or something like that in the second half. I mean, change up the play calling, you know, maybe do something a little different. Um, it, it, uh, it definitely got a little redundant there towards the end. So I would say that was, that was something on the offense that, that in the first half, you know, they were doing whatever they wanted to, but on, on the back half of that, you have to say that the second half was a completely different story. Um, in terms of individual players, you know, you like to see Zeke have a good game. Uh, I like seeing Morris rip off the the really long run, and you know that made the numbers look better overall. Um, outside of that, I just think you got to give the receivers a big thumbs down on the day. I know that Dez's numbers look good at the end of the day in the box score, but I mean, I I think at least thirty or forty of those yards are accredited directly to Dak. I mean, he made that one crazy play where he rolled away from Donald, who had him by both shoulders. And then, of course, you know, you can't cover for that long. So Des came back to the ball, so good on him. But that was another big chunk of like 30 yards that, I mean, that's all on Dak. So, I mean, I don't know. They just, to me, I think it was just disappointing from the offense because we really hadn't seen the offense put together a, a full game this year. We've seen low scoring We've seen just, uh, you know, in this style of football they want to play, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It's how they've built the team. Uh, you know, when you spend multiple first-round picks on offensive linemen and you hear recently on quarterback and a running back in the and in, in so high in the draft, then, you know, of course you got to follow that. But I just think at, at some points in this game, 
uh, it did you a disservice and, and really kind of put them behind. So in terms of the offense, I think they've got a lot to work on because, I mean, it only gets difficult, more difficult from here. You've got the Packers coming to town. And, you know, then you've got a bye, but still you're going to face really good defenses and you're going to have to go on the road. So the offense is going to have to be able to stick and move. And we just we saw flashes of things that just were there and then just went away. So it's I don't know. It's really hard to explain, Jared. Yeah, uh, the offense is I think everybody's kind of scratching their head because of what we saw last year. And what we saw last year was was a dominant running game. And we saw. We saw success on first downs last year, and and we're not seeing that as much this year. It's been very inconsistent on first down. And the way this offense succeeded last year was you put yourself in third and four or third and five or less situations, and then that opens up those short routes with Beasley and Witten to move the sticks. And that's not really happening this year because they're getting in third and long situations. And so that, that takes... Defenses are able to take Beasley and Witten out of the equation. Then you're forced to force the ball to Des, to Des or to Terrence Williams, and so it's kind of a domino effect when you when you run for negative one on first down, and then and then you throw an incomplete pass on second and ten, you put yourself in a hole and it makes it really hard to get out of. And this team just hasn't been able to do that. So I think it's kind of been a domino effect. And you know we talked in our last podcast about the left guard position look I mean I don't want to beat up on Jonathan Cooper too much Chaz Green was out he he, he kind of got uh, owned uh, this week and yes he was playing against Aaron Donald who you know might be the best defensive lineman in the league so I mean I don't want to bag on him too much but that's still a hole that wasn't there last year and it almost feels like things just kind of trickle down from that offensively and it makes it to where the Cowboys are digging themselves holes they can't get out of. They're not able to sustain those drives. Um, you mentioned. Well, I just think. I, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, if you look at the rushing totals, they look good on paper. Like if you look at the box score of this game, it's 189 yards rushing. But if you watch the game, you know that yes, you know Ezekiel had it going on. He was being his normal self, where he would squirm forward for two or three yards, and and that helps the offense. But then when plays are getting blown up. And like you said, you're getting one, negative one yards. The the offense becomes very predictable. And then when you do an RPO where you never actually hand the ball off and it's just kind of like a afterthought play fic, then nobody bites on it from the defensive side. And I think you'll get Prescott. He says three carries for 25 yards. That looks good as well. Um, but I, I know one of those was later in the game when he scrambled for a first down, um, you know, out of just sheer – need to uh, with the clock winding down. And then the other one was when he was trying to scramble away from pressure. So I think especially so when you face a defensive line this that's this good and you know that there's going to be pressure or especially as the game wears on, there's more and more pressure. I mean, you've got to take the ball and you've got to make them respect your ability to run it. I, we saw just a little bit of that, and we even talked about it last week, and, and I, don't, I don't think you saw any of that. And so I think teams – you know, are able to either load up on the run when it's obvious what the Cowboys are doing, or they're just able to sit back in a zone and, and they're really kind of exploiting Dak and some of his accuracy issues right now, because you add in a little bit of pressure to that and you see throws at the, you know, off above people's heads to the sidelines into the dirt. I mean, you saw it all. I mean, it, it just wasn't that crisp of a day. Yeah. And that's kind of my point when you, 
when you get in those third and long situations, defenses are, defenses are able to take away the high percentage throws. And those are the throws that Dak was so good at last year. And when you take the high percentage throws away, then you're forced to throw up 50-50 balls to Dez. And it's called 50-50 for a reason because <laughs> it only works about half the time, right? So, so yeah, I mean, look, we when we were watching the game um, and we, we saw the, the inaccuracy from Dez – um, because it's the quarterback position and because of the, the I think the moment and that it was in the game, it really drew a lot of attention from us and we talked about it. And, and I even, I even did tweet right after the game from the unofficial, uh, review Twitter account that, you know, Dak had an awful game in hindsight. I think that might've been a little, a little harsh, be, uh, cause if you, if you look at his line, it's not that terrible. And like, a, like, like we, like you mentioned with the play, where he spun away from Aaron Donald, he he had some really really nice plays that did keep them in this game, so so I think that might have been a little harsh, but we at the same time you can't ignore the fact that he missed open receivers. I mean, the the one uh, the the incomplete where he missed Dez on the slant, um, if he hits Dez on that, that that's going to be a really big play, and that's in one of those drives that I'm talking about in the second half. Um, I think it's their, I'm looking at it now, it's their first drive in the second half. They go um, incomplete to Dez and then on first and 10. Second and 10, Zeke up the middle for 16. Then you go first and 10. This is what I'm talking about. Zeke run, negative one yards. Now you're second 11. Uh, and uh, then Dak had a short pass uh, to Beasley for no gain. Then you're at third and 11, and then you're forced to throw a low percentage pass, and that's the one where Des was open on a slant route and Dak missed him, then they have the punt. So that's the kind of series that just spells trouble for this offense, and when when you're in those situations, you, you just can't make those little mistakes like that. And, you know, it wasn't all, it certainly wasn't all Dak. I mean, Des dropped a ball. Uh, Terrence Williams dropped a ball in a crucial spot. And, <laughs> Matt, we were just, we when we were watching it, we both noticed that Terrence Williams had he caught the ball, he was about to turn back into the field like he did last year against New York. So that left us scratching our head on that one. It's a probably good that he dropped that ball actually, but um, so yeah, it's just I, it, look. There's just too many people making making mistakes. Not enough people doing their job. This offense needs everybody working uh, as a cohesive unit. There's so many different parts of it that have to work to make it click. Yeah, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on all the players because, you know, you talk about 50-50 balls. You talk about, you know, backups playing this, that, and the other. But, I mean, at some point in time, you have to ask yourself, you know, if the coaches are making enough adjustments or if the coaches are preparing the players for some of these situations because I felt like over the course of the game, if I'm specifically talking about the offense, I feel like somebody needs to be able to talk to either Garrett or Linehan about what happened there. You know, what type of leniency does Dak have? I mean, we saw a couple of plays, you know, now we're all so used to watching the broadcast, checking the, the play clock and, and watching the quarterbacks, you know, it started with Peyton Manning in Omaha, Omaha, right? Audibles have been around since the, the beginning of uh, Madden and everybody, you know, popularized the, the, the term, but, it went down to like one second every time. And we used to complain about that when Romo was quarterback, you know, many moons ago. And all those plays were all blown up. They were all like uh, run left or run right that, that just got absolutely stonewalled or 
cut for a loss. I mean, I just don't think the strength of this team is running a stretch play, you know, to the the, the outer hash. I think they need to stick with if you're going to run the jumbo set and you're going to grab five or six yards. Well, why? Why leave that formation? You know, make them stop you. And and I think that, you know, if you look at an Aaron Donald, yes, he's really good. But I don't think run defense is a strong suit, especially when you're running to the edge and he's able to just blow up a spot in the line. Yeah, I, I think you stay in those jumbo sets. I bet if we went back and looked at it specifically, they, they probably had more success on those plays. And to me, a success is even stopping at the line but getting two or three yards. That's a success. You know, as long as they're not getting penalties called on them, that's creating second and seven, second and six versus second and 11 and all these other things that you saw constantly. And so I think, you know, all of that is a roundabout way of saying the offense had a bad day, right? And maybe we put a pin in it there. But I think as we move forward and we, you know, recap some of these games, we've got to ask ourselves at some point, okay, well, when is the offensive coordinator's responsibility to go in at halftime and say, hey, you know, we did some we did some good things, but we left, left a lot out there. Or, hey, we showed them this in the first half, but this is what we're going to show them in the second half. And and obviously execution plays into that, but I feel like we got to talk about um, you know what's going on in some of these inconsistencies and tie it back to coaching as well at some point. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I don't think that I'm questioning the play calling. I guess on on a huge level. I mean, I think there are certainly some plays and situations here and there that that you know made us raise made me raise an eyebrow, but. Um, in this game in particular, I think it was mostly execution. Like I said on the series, I just talked about you. If, if you if you make that throw accurate, you hit Des on that slant. He was wide open. You have a big play. I mean, if you if um, there are just several there are drop passes there. Um, you know, if the line if 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 uh, if Jonathan Cooper doesn't let a guy blow right through him, you know, does that make a different play? I mean, sometimes. It's the execution, and if they just executed the play, then it's a great play call. So on the play calling, what I will mention is, you know, when we drafted Ryan Switzer and we saw the highlights out of North Carolina, we all kind of got a little excited. It's like, oh, man, I can't wait to see how we use this kid. Well, I'm sorry, but when they bring him out there, it's almost it's gotten to the point to where it's so obvious what they're going to do with the ball <laughs> that it, it's it's almost comical. Um, and th- that's the one thing that I think is kind of weird. Like, if you're going to run the ball, I mean, th- they like pitched it to to Ryan. They pitch it out of the backfield to Ryan Switzer instead of letting him run a jet sweep. And when they did run the jet sweep, they didn't give him the ball. So it's just kind of weird how they're using him. And maybe they're just still trying to figure it out. Um, you know, maybe that's the case. But I that is part part of the play calling that has kind of baffled me a little bit but yeah I don't I mean I don't mind him trying new things but I think when we mentioned Switzer we have to mention the the muffed punt and I don't know I mean everybody thought it was so cool last time when he caught that and it wasn't a a fair catch and he got a few yards out of it but to me I mean I'm tired of I'm tired of seeing him forget about the muff punt I know that's going to happen from time to time right I mean it's just a, a part of the game but you know, take a take a touchback. You get to go to the twenty five yard line. I've right. yet to see him get past even maybe the twenty yard line 
or even back to the 25. So even that's a waste of time and you're risking injury and doing all these other things. So I just haven't seen much out of that unit. I don't want to put it all on Switzer, but even, even that unit has just been an afterthought um, on, on kickoffs and punt returns because um, when he's not, you know, fumbling it and causing a, a huge momentum swing in the game, uh, there, there hasn't been any other plays through four games. And I can't, you know, we can't say that they're still working on it. I mean, this is the NFL, it's the regular season. They need to figure it out because like we talked about, the schedule's getting harder and it's going to be, it's going to come time. I know that, that there were guys out on defense that, that would have made a big difference, namely Sean Lee. Right. So I don't want to, I don't want to be too negative on the team, but from an offensive standpoint, you know, when the defense is down, you got to pick them up and you're at home and yes, they did have a chance to, you know, go and win the game at the end of the game. But, hey, you know, we've seen this song and dance before. They put themselves in that position. So here we are talking about a loss. And I just I, you can say that the Rams are improved. But, man, I think we're going to look back on this one and be like, gosh, you know, it's, they an, opportunity lost 30, missed. it's an opportunity. 35. Missed. Yeah. Thirty five to thirty. You know, I mean, was, it's just it was an ugly game. It was something where. You kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, there was one drive. I don't know if it was their first touchdown in the third quarter or what, but, I mean, I think it took like six plays maybe. I mean, it was just boom, 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 and they just walked in the end zone. It was child's play, and that's when you knew it was, it was trouble. Yeah, I mean, before before we move on, um, I do, you know, I don't know if people realize this, but, you know, we mentioned you mentioned the muff punt. Um if that at at that point it was seventeen to six, we finally stopped them and enforced a punt. If that if, if we if they don't fumble that and they go down and score, you're looking at a twenty to six game, maybe even a twenty four to six game. That's a completely different ball game. You you put the Rams in a completely different situation, and they're then they're not able to just run Gurley down your throat. They're going to have to throw the ball to get back in the game. It just completely changed the game. All the way around, and then, like we said, it to you know when you come out and and go four straight drives with punt, 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 interception to start the second half, um, that's a recipe for a loss. So, with that, well, yeah. Oh. And, and, and last thing is, is I know we saw a little bit of this, you know, in Denver, but but only because that was such a wonky game. But I, I felt like their line was getting a push on the the Cowboys line and that you saw just those easy runs that we're talking about for three or four yards. And so, you know, that really kind of canceled out anything Dallas was doing on offense or, you know, maybe even clockwise by trying to control the clock and, and you know, maintaining the lead. Uh, they were they were doing that uh, until they started turning the ball over and then they just couldn't turn it around on offense. So, I don't know. They've they've got uh, they've got an even tougher team coming in, so they're they're definitely going to have to figure something out and and or just protect the football a little bit better here in this next game. Yeah, I mean, we knew going into the season that the Dallas defense wasn't going to be, um, you know, a top five defense, and 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 we we knew because we saw it last year that in order for this team to win a lot of games, they're going to need the offense to be great, not good, great. And they haven't been great, and now they're two and two. So I think that's a good transition, though, to talk about the defense in this game. And, and we talked about Sean Lee not being there. Hopefully, we get him and even maybe Hitchens back this week. So um, just talk a little bit, I guess, about what you saw 
um, on defense. Uh, I guess let, 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 let's start with the inability. I mean, look, it's not like Gurley is uh, some schmo out there. He's uh, he's one of the better backs in the league, but um, I think he had 120-plus on us. So uh, what were your thoughts about the inability to stop that running game? I, I mean, I think the, the conversation begins and ends with uh, Sean Lee being out and the impact that he has uh, as a as a rush defender from that, that linebacker position. I mean, the Cowboys have a line of guys who, you know, they're not heralded guys or big names, but, you know, for however long that, you know, Marinelli's been around, he's been able to get them to play gap sound football and kind of do their job, if you will. And Sean Lee comes in and picks up the scraps. And you saw specifically on several plays where you thought, oh, yeah, you know, they've got nothing. And then you'd have either a, a, a you know bad angle taken or a missed tackle, and Gurley goes for like 13. I mean, that started happening more and more as the game progressed. And I just thought to myself, man, I think if you have Sean Lee, that yes, Gurley's going to get his, but you're going to stop a few of these plays. You're going to you're going to you know force them into a longer third down. You're going to do something to get them off the field or affect the game, you know, from that standpoint. And so. I mean, I think that's I think that's what I chalk it up to. You got to hope that he can come back healthy. I know they've talked about him trying to play this week, but like we've mentioned, they have the bye after that. But you know, if you if you look at the duration of the season, that's a guy that you have to have, or else this is not, not the same defense. Yeah, and if not him, then Hitchens would certainly help because look, I mean, Kevin Durant is old, and he I think I think he kind of looked old in this game. I mean, he had to play a lot because of the injuries to Hitchens and Lee, and for for a linebacker to play as much as he played, and for I, I didn't notice him all that much. That's just never a good thing when you when you're not seeing, you know, a linebacker that's playing every down in on a lot of, on a lot of plays. I think he was just getting blocked up and couldn't get off of blocks. And I, I didn't I don't know, uh, Damian Wilson. I don't know on that either. I mean, I, we were kind of expecting him to take a step up this year, and I don't know. I just didn't notice. I didn't see those guys. I didn't see them around the ball, which leads me to believe that they were blocked up somewhere and not getting off of a block. Um, and we talked, look, we talked about Jalen Smith last week. He's just not all the way there yet. He's just not. It's a great story. It's phenomenal. We all love Jalen Smith. He's he's just not quite there yet. But, um, but yeah, so I will mention a couple bright spots on the defense. Um, Jordan Lewis, I felt like, had another great game this week. Yeah, I was going to say him and Xavier Woods. I mean, Jordan Lewis made a few tackles on the edge and and a few tackles on Gurley where if he didn't make that tackle, it's another huge chunk run. So I've really liked to see him and what he can do in the open field so far. I mean, he's been really impressive. And I just like I just like his tackling ability. You don't you don't see that a lot in the guys on the outside like that. So I, I just think it brings a lot to this defense. Um, and it, and it's all unexpected, really, because these are rookies, so you don't know what to expect. And and so I think he's been a bright spot. Uh, Woods, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit while watching the game. You know, at some point in time, you're gonna have to have a conversation about him understanding the defense, maybe even able to to uh, dispel Heath back to his you know rotation role, which I think would be ideal. Uh, but we'll see. Um, they, they've got to figure these things out though, Jared. I mean, I, I know we talk about some bright spots here and there and, you know, when we come back later in the week to preview the game against Green Bay, we'll talk about some of the guys that potential, uh, excuse me, potentially will be back and, and get into that. But you saw on Sunday, I, I mean, you just saw a lot of 
I don't know, you saw a lot of bad plays. And, and to me, the biggest question was, you know, Demarcus Lawrence got one sack, and that's great. But what happened to the rest of the D-line? I mean, they got swallowed up, and Goff was just back there with gobs of time to survey the field and, and make throws. Yeah, I've been really high on Malik Collins, and other than the penalty for him kicking the ball, I didn't hear his name much at all. So, um, you know, I, I, they need him to perform. They really, really do. Um, a lot of a lot of the Cowboys staff and, and, and folks were really high on Stephen Paya coming out of camp, and I haven't seen a whole lot out of him. And, and I know that they were really high on that guy. So, I mean, look, they're, they're undersized in the middle, um, in the interior of the defensive line. Um, other than Collins, so I think. Look, they're with with the running game. You know, everybody felt like last year that the Cowboys were just really good defensively against the run. I don't know if that was the case. I think they just had to lead, and so teams weren't running the ball on them. I it, when because even last year, if you go, if you remember when teams did run the ball on them, they they got gashed a little bit. The problem is the Cowboys always got an early lead. And so you, they, there just weren't a lot of running opportunities for the opposing team. I wonder if there's if that's just actually a bigger concern. And if if the Cowboys don't again, like what I said earlier, if they if they're not great on offense, these warts on the defense are going to just be even more glaring than they were last year. It's not that they didn't exist last year; they're just more apparent. Um, you you mentioned Xavier Woods. I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think Jeff Heath is is Bill Bates. And you know what? We love Bill Bates. Bill Bates was a it was a very memorable cowboy, but he was memorable because he was great on special teams, but he was also a liability on defense. I think that's Jeff Heath. He's a great special teams player. Let him be that, and, let, and let's get Woods out there and let him grow in, uh, into that into that safety role. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're all rookies, so there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. But um, I think you saw. I mean, if you look across the whole defense, right, there's a lot of these guys are bright spots, and that's great. But Sean Lee, is it, he encompasses all of your experience, all of your uh, players that, you know, command respect from, you know, multi-season, not just, hey, watch out for that DeMarcus Lawrence guy. Um, and when you don't have that, I think clearly, you know, not even just from a talent standpoint, but even a leadership and a um, – I don't know enthusiasm standpoint on the field. You gotta have your you gotta have your Mike linebacker. You gotta have your guy out there leading the charge. And so I just think a lot of that can be attributed to that. And really, I don't know. There's a big funk uh, after that punt, and and the Cowboys got outscored twenty nine to thirteen after that. So clearly, you know whatever they were doing or whatever they talked about. Again, I'll go back to it, even though you know it might not be as popular. But hey, let's talk to the defensive coaches about. What are you doing? Because, look, let's face it, Sean Lee might not always be on the field, okay? And we keep talking about how they've played, you know, talented defenses and really good defenses. Well, guess what? If you want to go win playoff games and you want to go and, and achieve your ultimate goal of winning a championship, you're going to play some really good defenses. So you need to understand, you know, your strengths. You need to start to develop maybe a way, a different way to attack some of those. And I know it's still early in the season, uh, but I don't think that they were, you know, even thinking about being two and two. And so, you know, now you set yourself up with situations where you have to win. You're now a game behind the Eagles. You get to play them twice, um, but but they're going to have to get healthy and they're going to have to start, you know, playing a more balanced game and, and coming out on top, you know, moving forward. Yeah, we're a game behind the Eagles and 
the Redskins don't, don't look bad either, um, much to my surprise. So, um, so yeah, but you know, I'm not ready to hit the panic button by any means, but I think there are legit concerns uh, moving forward, and they just got to figure out a way. They got to fi- if um, you know if they're not getting, they need to figure out a way not to depend on third and short and and if you do get into third and long situations they need to be prepared for that and have different routes drawn up and then you know what then execute complete make accurate throws catch the ball just little things like that i hate to be so simplified about it but in a lot of cases it was just one person made a mistake or didn't execute the play and the whole thing broke down so um i think uh uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button yet. I do think that look this this is gonna the schedule is brutal. I think it's even tougher than I thought going into the season. Um, just because I I don't know I just didn't expect the offense to to sputter this way. But I don't I don't think it's out of uh, the realm of possibility for them to kind of put all the pieces together and really kind of start to figure things out down down the road. Yeah, I don't want it to start sounding like a wake. I mean, right. I guess they're not dead, but um, I don't know. I mean, it, that's that's why you kind of nailed it off the top. It's not easy to sit here and talk about a loss because you mean uh, a lot of fumbles occur, a lot of punt uh, punts get muffed and all that. And and I just I think that the Cowboys maintain that same momentum. They go back, they score, um, and and they're up at the half. And you know, then it was just it was all downhill from there. So yes, I I think, you know, you're going to get guys like Sean Lee, Irving, others, you know, periodically come back and add depth to this defense and hopefully help. And maybe not every week you're going to be facing, you know, one of the best uh, defensive lines in the entire NFL. So, I mean, I don't know. Everything looked like it was rolling in the first half. And and honestly, you kind of felt like that was going to be a win. And then it, it flipped pretty quick. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I think we we pay a lot of respects to to Green Bay because obviously they knocked Dallas out of the the playoffs. But I think it'll be interesting to talk about that game, and I think it'll be interesting to see how the team responds to a loss. But I don't know much much how we didn't really want to revisit the Denver game. Maybe we just filed this one away and and you know resort back to it when we need to for uh, any examples of uh, bright spots and or poor play. Uh, to, to correlate it to another game later in the season. Yeah, you know, I was hoping that um, the Cardinals game, and more specifically the the play when Dak kind of dove up over into the end zone, I, I kind of had this thought in my head, like, okay, maybe this is maybe this is the point, the turning point. Well, maybe it wasn't. So maybe that'll happen this week against Green Bay. We'll we'll certainly we're going to try to break down. Uh, that game for everybody uh, later this week, and we'll talk about other things like David Irving coming back and and what kind of roster adjustments the Cowboys are going to have to make to make room for him. And then you know we'll hopefully by then we'll know more about uh, Sean Lee and Anthony Hitchens' status, and you know hopefully there's some reinforcements uh, coming along the way. So Matt, do you have any uh, any other final thoughts about the the Rams game? I mean, I, the only other thought I was going to say is, you know, after all the bad stuff we said, that was a, a pretty amazing play by Dak to to get out of that tackle and, and whip out of there. And uh, I'll say this, you know, you mentioned the, the drop 
during the two-minute drill from Williams. I mean, I, I really do argue that that kind of threw off the rhythm for the whole deal, right? I think that gave you third and ten. Yeah. And it just changes everything. I mean, even if he stays in bounds at seven yards and your your options change and you can spike, you can do things. He's he's just such an up and down player. It's so frustrating and, and uh he, I don't know, you asked. That's just Butler, that's on my mind. Yeah, he and Bryce Butler are both like that, just kinda up and down. So Matt, I think you had some um some funny or interesting tweets that you noticed throughout the football weekend that you wanted to share. If you want to kind of fire those uh, fire those out real quick, and if I have any two cents to add on any of them, I'll, I'll jump in. No, I mean, I think I had already uh, talked about most of them. Uh, I know we like to go back and we like to revisit Pro Football Focus and, and you know, talking about things that are probably obvious. Uh, Travis Frederick is the highest-graded center in the, in the NFL through week four, so he's been doing his thing, and – uh, obviously, you're happy with what you have on the O-line outside of a, a few positions there. Um, but really, uh, I kind of talked about one of them earlier. If you if you look back to the, the point in time where uh, Switzer fumbled that punt, the Dallas was outscored 29-13 to 13 after Ryan Switzer's fumble. So it, uh, it definitely swung pretty quickly there, and, and the Cowboys couldn't move the ball at all. Um, outside of that, uh, I think that I saw a stat where Des Bryant has the most, uh, pass deflections of, of any wide receiver this season. So they have been going to him, but either he's not ready for them or the defender is about to catch it and he's kind of knock it out of their hands. So kind of don't want to see that. Uh, and, and you, you hope to see a little bit better play from, from Dak. Um, I, I don't know. It's kind of a, a two-way street, right? We say get him the ball, and and we want Des to be this receiver that that we all have uh, at high expectations for. But I don't know. You kind of like you said, you got to throw some of those fifty-fifty balls. But at, at least they're not being intercepted. I mean, I think that's about all I got, man. I mean, nothing nothing specific. Um, just because when it's a loss, you you don't you don't save as much. But did you have anything? No, you did mention uh, Travis Frederick. I I find that interesting. I mean, it's. I, only because I felt like um, this this past game against the Rams might have been the worst game of his career, and that's look that's comparing it to a, a, a fantastic career so far. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking just about the holding call, um, which is, oh, is probably God. is probably yeah. debatable. But I do think that there I, I have noticed more more um, less push from the Dallas interior offensive line they're not I haven't noticed the push that they were getting last year and and the only reason I say that is I don't I think that's mostly because Leary's gone and you have you know newer guys in that left guard position but I haven't seen a ton of push from Frederick either I I say that I I think when you and I were watching the game Sunday together that I actually pointed out a play where he actually did pancake a guy so I don't know I might be kind of meandering all over the place I just um, I, I just don't know that they've been getting the push from the middle of the offensive line this year like they did last year. Well, and I think I think we'll save it for later in the week, but we got to look at the schedule and, and decide. You know, let's say let's say we allow ourselves to fast forward and you lose to a really good Packers team. All of a sudden, you're two and three going into the bye week. I mean, <laughs> you've really got to find yourself then because you have no option but to 
really win all the rest of your games, especially you look around. If the Eagles are are a legitimate contender this year, then you're either looking at a wild card or you're trying to to battle them. And I guess the plus there is, like I said earlier, you got two two more games. But mathematically, at some point, you got to stop losing football games. So uh, it's it's going to be a rough one, you know, picking up the pieces from the Rams game because it was a very winnable game. And uh, I think the team knows that they made some mistakes. But it'll it'll be very interesting. Look forward to talking with you about the Packers game and uh, and, and maybe taking a look at the schedule to see what that will look like moving forward. Absolutely. Well, I like. I think we wanted to try to keep these to, to 30 minutes in this new format. I think we're right around 35 right now. So I think we did good for this one. That's all the time we have. Be sure to find us on Twitter at, at Unofficial Rev. That's at Unofficial R-E-V. And on Facebook, search Unofficial Review. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. For Matt Clare, this is Jared Evans. Thanks for listening to the Unofficial Review. See you.